Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I've got uh, Miles Garner with me. Miles, what's up, man? What's up, man? Great, great to be here. I, um, yeah, first of all, I want to apologize for rescheduling you twice. Um, I just realized traveling to Tucson and podcasting is just not ever going to happen. So, my bad there. But, um, I kind of wanted to, to move this podcast. Um, well, I wanted to interview for a while and I was trying to figure out when best to, to place it. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, just coming off of the, the Thanksgiving uh, feast and then going into, you know, the rest of the holidays, uh, everyone, uh, well, I guess I'm speaking for myself, is, is getting very fat right now. And um, I, I think this is a good opportunity to kind of just talk about like your, your background, um, what you emphasize on, and then also watching worlds and you know, watching these, um, you know, incredible athletes play dodgeball. You posted something really cool in the dodgeball fit to win group that we'll get into. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at with, uh, you know, with the, just this, the idea of getting you on here. But, um, before I get way too ahead of myself, um, let's just kind of just get to know you a bit more. So, uh, for anybody that may not know you, what team, uh, do you currently play for? All right. So I play in the North. I play for Chicago Kaiju. Um, that's the team I've been playing for the last two years before I moved back from the East. Um, so yeah, so Chicago Kaiju is what I play for right now. Nice. And, uh, what, what number are you and, and why? Uh, so I'm number five, uh, mostly cause I think it's just either a number I've always got stuck with or the lucky number. And then for like the longest time, if I didn't have a number that ended with a five, it just bothered me for whatever reason. So like if I don't have a five at the end, it just throws me off mentally. I don't know why, but it just does. <laughs> It's funny when I, yeah, I like asking about like people's like uh, like their preference for the number and, and why. And sometimes it's just so so weird as uh, I, I just need it now. At this point, it's become so consistent. Yeah, like I remember like when I started like I think it was like football and like I didn't get a number. I think I was like thirty five and I was happy with it. But then the next year I got like fifty three and I thought I'd be okay with it. But then it just like as the season kept going, it just kind of bothered me more and more. So I'm like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, and that's, it messes well. with you. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know how it works. Yeah, it, psychological things, man. And maybe we can get into that a little bit later too. Just like talking about like rituals and, and all kinds of weird superstitious stuff that people do. But um, yeah, I mean, if I'm not number eight, I'm, I'm not happy. And uh, I've communicated that very well uh, many, many times over with my teammates. But um, let's uh, let's kind of back up to um, what got you into dodgeball? Um, so... I think it's mostly like the main part of dodgeball I play now. So it started in college. So I played and so I went to school in New York. Uh, so Rocket Racing Technology, where I actually met Tim Wells, uh, members of Rochester Tigers. We all went to the same college, but at the time, I think most of them were all alumni. So we had a club at RIT, and I kind of just joined then there, not thinking it was going to go anywhere. Um, I played intramural dodgeball too, which was a separate thing. So I just kind of played dodgeball. It was just fun to do. And then slowly got kind of sucked into it. And it was kind of a great choice to make. Nice. So did you ever actually play um, as, as a Tiger or you just played with them? So I was actually one of the founding members of Rochester Tigers. Oh, cool. Doing that correctly, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Uh, because before that, we were kind of just uh, RIT Tigers. It was probably what most people would remember us as. Um, before it became the Rochester Tigers, and now the whole big issue because most of us were graduated at that point, so we couldn't use the RIT um, mm-hmm. name. So we actually almost got into a lot of trouble with that. So we changed it to Rochester Tigers a year later. What do you mean you guys got in trouble with that? So like since 
we weren't so i think only like two of us were still students at the time when we started off as rit tigers um because the rest of them were just alumni and since we weren't really affiliated with the school anymore um we couldn't really use the rit name because like literally the um the logo is pretty much the same the mascot with the same um because you only have so many colors, so it's boring and black. So first, everything about it was the same. So we couldn't. I don't know all the like specific facts about it, but we pretty much couldn't use their um, name for the most part. That's crazy, and obviously, you didn't want like a, a college coming after you for playing dodgeball. Exactly. So and, like the worst part, like since we all went to school together for the most part, except for maybe one person, we all like, oh, okay, we just use RIT or like Tigers as our mascot because we all came from the school, kind of like a. Uh, kind of way, a way to kind of like represent in a way, and then we're like, okay, well, tiger with orange, so that's the most probably same same color. So we figured RIT would work, but then the school came down on us pretty hard. So we're like, okay, we'll change it. So Rochester Tigers, I think they'll put up a fight a little bit. I might be wrong. Gotcha. So, and did you say uh, what year you started playing? Like when when, uh, when all this began? So I started college the summer of twenty or the fall of twenty thirteen. So I started around then. Um, so I've been playing ever since, but I think I started elite in 20, I think my first elite round of elite was 2017 that summer. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to play earlier, but the problem is I played other sports. So, uh, I played track or ran track in college, so the cycling never worked out. Uh, so I couldn't travel for that like ever, which was kind of a pain. Um, so when we say like you ran track, like what, what, uh, what event or like you uh, specialize in, in, in one or mostly hurdles, mostly cause my coach wouldn't let me try anything else, which was also a pain. Um, because I was honestly only one of the few good hurdlers on the team, if not the one at the time for most of the time. Um, I was usually one of like two or three hurdlers that would score on a regular basis. So it's very rare that I got to run other events that I wanted to run other than like maybe an occasional 100 meters or, a four to get hurdles, which sucked. So yeah, gotcha. So hurdles, huh? Do you ever uh, bang your shit on those things, or <laughs> I have so many scars on my left leg uh. from her. <laughs> fun fact: I actually dislocated my uh, right shoulder, which is my throwing arm, from a hurdle because uh, I'm dumb. <laughs> so that's a fun story. Yeah, did you like not land right, or? Uh... Okay, so here, here's the like kind of a condensed version of what happened. So sure. I came out, I was like, I had a very, like very minor, like minimal injury in my hip. Uh, mostly it was like a strain, but I wanted to make sure I was okay. So I took a couple of days off because my senior year, wanted to be smart, game wide hurt myself. So I took like, I think a, maybe at most a week off, come back and I'm like, okay, but we're going back to hurdles. We're doing the full height, full, full speed into it. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna warm up. I'm gonna go slow over hurdles, which is like a big no for hurdles. And so I go over slow, but the problem is when you go over slow, you tend to, your form, so my foot clicked. And because I clicked, I couldn't, I wasn't able to do a normal tuck and roll, like fall. I ended up just like landing straight on my shoulder. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it, it gets worse. So it dislocates, it dislocates. And um, no one told me that it dislocated. I just, I just knew it hurt, but I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just finish the rest of practice. It's like another hour left. My arm or my shoulder is kind of like next to my ear at this point. I didn't really realize it. My arm's getting numb. So I keep running practice. 
No one says anything. I make it home. No one says anything. None of my roommates mention anything. And it's like eight o'clock at night when I try to go to bed because I'm just laying in that much pain. And I go in the mirror and my arms, my shoulders at my ear. And I'm just like, what the? Like, I can't do anything with this shoulder. And I'm alone at this point because my roommates were all gone for whatever reason. So, and I didn't want to call the school or campus uh, hospital to kind of help me relocate it. So I kind of just like popped it in myself. Uh. Yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> That's just how did you not notice? Yeah, dislocated shoulder. Like it was like it was a combination of like it being numb and in pain. So like it's a very dull throbbing pain, but I'm like it just fell on it. But like uh. again, no anything. And when you look at your shoulder, you really can't tell how high it is from your perspective. So yeah, again, I wasn't. I was no. I was high off of. I don't know epinephrine or something. I don't know because I'm stupid. That's, I mean, it's, I hate to say it's funny, but that's, it's, it's funny. Cause like you think, oh, I could, I can jump over this hurdle slowly and that's how you warm up. But I guess that's a, obviously that's a big no, no for any future hurdlers out there. Yeah. You just gotta go yeah. full, full steam. Yep. Pretty much. Um, well, what other, what other sports did you play, uh, growing up other, uh, than, other than track? Kind of a long list. So I'll get to pick the main ones I did, uh, start off with basketball for like a couple of years like two or three years uh, baseball was one of the longer running sports from like a six up until like 15 hmm. um after that i did judo briefly then wrestling for about eight years uh football for about two or three years and track was probably the main one after that towards the end what's up what position mm-hmm. you play in baseball baseball i was all over the place because i was fast so mostly outfield because like if I played left field and it was a pop up to right, I would get there before the center fielder would. So I was pretty much <laughs> everywhere at that point. Um, so that was the main point. That's why I didn't really like baseball because you hit the ball, it goes anywhere but you, and you get bored half the time. So I kind of hated it, but I was good at it. So I was like, why not? Nice. Yeah, baseball. I mean, I'm like, I probably upset a lot of people, but baseball's so boring. Playing it, yeah. watching it, it's just. Yeah, I mean, playing it, you can kind of get by, but watching it, yeah, you know, I don't watch it anymore. It's so boring. Yeah, I don't. Kudos to people that can can watch that, and they try to explain it like, oh, it's you got you got to watch like the battle between the pitchers and the batters, and I can I can see some intelligence with that, but I'm just like, yeah. I'll fall asleep so fast, and uh, yeah, I, I usually play left field, and you know, you get the one pop up or the line drive, and then that's it. Like your glory is done within Not five good. minutes. It's a drinking sport. It's good for drinking when you're watching, but that's about it. Yeah, that might be fair actually. Like, I, actually, going to live games is pretty cool. Um, beer makes anything better, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good old baseball. Um, and football. What position did you play there? Um, so I start off with linebacker or not linebacker, uh, wide receiver. Catch for my life for whatever reason. Um, so I end up switching to linebacker. I can't tackle for whatever reason either. <laughs> like I'm thinking of running people, but they never let me play uh, running back. So that was also dumb. Cause I went to a big high school. Like I don't know how what big is for other people, but for us, it was like my graduating class was like twelve hundred. Oh man! Or something there. So yeah, really big football team. So if you got to play, it was great. But if you didn't play, you never really got to improve. Why I played for two years. So yeah, I got bored after a while. Yeah, you think? Because uh, it sounds like you're you're a person of speed. So you think? You know. Um... Running back would, would probably be 
where to go, especially if you're not able to catch the ball or tackle anybody. Yeah. But uh, that's a lot of people to, to compete with, I imagine. Um, what sports uh, of the, I mean, cause you got a pretty impressive lineup. Um, sounds like you yeah. did it all. Uh, what, what would you say sports wise helps you, um, with dodgeball? Um, interestingly enough, wrestling would actually does probably the most in a weird way. Um, I think mobility wise is why uh, if you, if anyone knows me, they want a really, really good dodger. Um, it's probably one of my main parts of my game. So I think wrestling, because I'm, I'm a very passive person, so I play more defensively than anything else. So wrestling was able to give me a strategy to kind of avoid getting taken down or avoid opponents in specific ways. So I used those skills to kind of um, improve my game. And like interestingly enough, I actually learned most of my – well, I would say like most of like my game came from watching Tim Wells, um, who also was a wrestler, and since I can kind of figure out how he moved based on the same movements from wrestling, I was able to implement that in my game just from watching him play. That's interesting. Um, I mean, I guess it makes sense because like you got to work on your footwork, um, as you said, mobility. You're constantly like uh, shifting your weight and trying to outmaneuver somebody who's doing the exact same thing movement wise. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense. That's why I throw myself around, and it usually doesn't hurt me. Usually, I'm wrong sometimes, but. More often than not, I can land in a way that doesn't kill me. So it usually works out. Yeah. Well, I don't want to jinx you, but as you get older, uh, you become wrong more often. So just uh, proceed with caution. Yeah. I mean, I would also say like hurdles also help because I jump a lot. So having the ability to jump also really helps. And knowing how to properly land also helps. Because um, I know a lot of people, when they jump, they kind of land flat footed or they just kind of land with giant thud. And my feet hurt every time I listen to that. So yeah, that helps. Yeah, and also it helps with the like the explosive uh, energy too. Uh, I've seen I've seen your hops, man. You you get up there, so yeah, starting to make sense. Um, when you uh when you when you met Tim back in what 2013 ish, what what was it about dodgeball? Especially since you came from all these conventional sports, like, but what was it about dodgeball that actually hooked you that made you want to come back for more? Um. Well, so RIT is kind of like a tech school, but not a lot of jobs there for the most part in club. So the fact that I got the whale on people was like one of the leading factors. <laughs> like, I mean, because I mean, like when you come from a baseball perspective, you can throw, you can hit people, and say, okay, great, this this is fantastic. I can murder people, it's fantastic. But um, also the fact that like again, I could I was able to dodge really well, and I was staying for the most part. I was like, oh, this is like a challenge, but it's not a challenge. Up until like I met the veterans. Or like the alumni that would come by sometimes, and they would light me up. That's kind of what kept me around was the challenge of trying to get them out. So yeah. Nice. So e- easy. Wait, what? E- easy entry for you. Yeah, your card already. You're already kind of in there. You're already dominating people. Uh, obviously, great stress relief. But then when you saw veterans coming in, you saw like maybe there's a higher higher point to dodgeball, or like a higher form, or more competition actually out there. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I got lit up really good. Um, so our club mostly played with, like, really, really crappy nose things, like, really bad nose things. They were, like, super inflated, super, like, flimsy. It was weird. They, like, they were inflated, but, like, half deflated. So when you pinched it, it would, like, fold in on itself in a weird way. So it was really dumb. But we played with those, and then we opened up 8.5 or whatever, and they would pinch. And... I remember the first few times 
or the first day, I was like, it took me a while to kind of get the hang of it. But after about 30 minutes, I was getting a decent pinch going. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to murder more people. And then one of the veterans, um, his name's uh, Steve Bauman. We call him Brett Comet on uh, Red, um, the Rochester Tigers. And um, I wanted to, like, kind of not do a 1v1 against him, but kind of, like, do, like, a, like we're going to light up against each other. I'm going to throw at him. He's going to throw at me. And he told me, don't do it. But I'm like, Alex, to me, so I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm thinking I could jump over whatever throw he does, but he does kind of a weird uppercut throw. And it gets me square in the mouth from, like, four feet away. And that was probably the first time I got laid up in the head real good. And that didn't scare you away. That made you want more. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, like, definitely stripping up for it because, like, that's the first time I got hit square in the face with anything that hard. Right. And if there's a video of it. It's Like, I had, like, shake it off for a couple seconds. I had to walk away for about five minutes to kind of, like, get some sense in my nose. But, yeah, it didn't scare me away after that, no. Yeah, so, I mean, people, you know, take, like, a phone ball or a nose-sting ball to the face. They, they make a big deal of it. Uh, 8.5, absolutely, especially if they're brand new. But taking a 8.5 pinch throw to the face and uh, shaking it off, that's, that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, I've seen people get rocked with, with pinch, and I'm just like, yeah, no thanks. Um, it, but that's funny because that's rare. Like, um, from a league owner's perspective, former, you know, I always look at, like, people that would get rocked their first night or the first couple of, of nights and then they never want to come back. And very rarely do you get that one person that, that takes that as like motivation to keep coming back and, and want more. And those people end up playing the longest. They're, they're very few and far between, but it's, uh, you know, people like, um, like Brett Baxter come to mind, Chris Bell, um, they would just get wailed on, but they want, want more. I'm like, okay, well we'll take it. Like we lost eight other people, but at least we got two that are, are retaining. So it's good to see that, that, is a common thing um, across other states and leagues and styles. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of pinch, um, kind of want to ask you off the bat, like what, what's your favorite style of ball, um, including pinch? Uh, 8.5 is probably my best overall game. Um, if it had to be, uh, if it's like based on competitive play, probably 8.5. Uh, Foam would be next. Um, no, it's going to be like a blast. Pinch is somewhere in the middle of there. But if it turned to all around fun, Pinch, mostly because um, if you've ever played Pinch against me, I have a lot of different throws with Pinch, whether it's like different grips or just releases. Um, I think I'm up to like 10 or 12 different throws for the most part. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun because I just kind of do whatever throw I want and either it hits them or it doesn't. But I'm usually in a good mood, so I don't care either way. I'm just having fun. Yeah. Switching up on people. Yeah. Refreshing to hear 8.5 is your first. Um, That's definitely a lot of our older Arizona guys. First love is is good old 8.5 and hope to see it continues for a few more years. Kind of have an idea of what drew you to competitive dodgeball, just, you know, seeing, um, you know, veterans and just understand there's a higher level of play, but you said um, 2017 is when you started to enter elite dodgeball. Any, any reason, um, for that, that just seemed like the next course of action or next place to go to compete or what, what, uh, what drew you into elite? Um, so Tim Wells and Chris Perry, um, are two of probably the two main reasons we kept going was, well, we played with the Rochester Tigers, kind of in local tournaments, but they were always trying to drag us to the elite. But me and, um, my roommate at the time, Nick King, who also played on us for, uh, Chicago Tigers. Uh, we could never go because we were on the track team, so it was very rare for us to ever get a weekend off. 
poorly because it always ends up lining up the same track schedule, so we can never go. Right. So, um, the summer of 2017 was our graduating year, so we would have been done with tracks. So that was the first time we were actually able to go to an elite tournament. So that's why we were able to go at that time. But it was definitely just Tim Wells just trying to drag us there every time. Because either he would play with a different team or he would try to grab enough people for the Tigers to be able to go, but we could never get enough people to go. Gotcha. So you would have gone earlier than um, if the stars aligned. Yeah. Like if I could go back and change it, I would have gone back and, well, not quit track, but like put way more priority into dodgeball because like track had like an end point unless you either go pro or you have a ton of money to compete on a regular basis. But it's so much harder to train for track after you graduate college than it is for dodgeball. So if I can change my decision now, I'll go for dodgeball because that's longer term than track. Gotcha. It's funny hearing somebody say that if I can go back, I would ditch this conventional sport for dodgeball. Um, to me, that sounds like you just see a lot of potential in it even now. Um, especially with like, you know, just coming off of worlds and just seeing that, I don't want to say like there's a future of it. I mean, obviously there is, but just there's a future of it that you would like to be a part of versus, uh, trying to focus on what's the end game of a conventional sport. Am I going to go pro? Am I just going to do like semi-pro? Am I going to do recreational? But uh, committing to dodgeball 100% is something that I'm seeing more and more of, and it's it's really refreshing and, and very exciting. Um, it just makes it seem like dodgeball is going to last now, which is great. Yeah, I'm hoping it does. Um, I, I think it is. I think it's in, in good hands, and we just got to keep recruiting more young people. So, I mean, Tim, if you're listening, kudos for recruiting. Um, that's just what we need. But um, what would you say – so I imagine it varies with, with each kind of ball, but what would you say your style is most known for? Like, are you like a defensive player, offensive, you catching uh, a little place? Like, um, I'm going to go with being probably being predictably unpredictable for the most part. If people would agree with me on that. Um, if that doesn't work either that or just like being mostly, uh, defensively offensive person so mostly i go for counter shots a lot it's probably something i'm probably known for in the four is if i take it if i have a counter shot i'm probably gonna take it um i, I don't know why but for some other reason whenever i'm on the front line i don't throw very well either very, i don't throw hard or i don't throw accurate but if i'm on the back line i'm more often probably gonna hit you more often than not that's just the way my throw works for some other reason or it's just the timing of it i don't know I think it's timing. Um, plus, if you if you are ready, if you're planted and ready to counter, your footwork is already ready. All you gotta do is just get that shot off quick. And um, for most people, they're trying to make a throw, so they're already kind of out balance versus they're on the back line waiting for that catch. So that'd be my my theory on that. Yeah, that makes wrong. sense. Yeah, I'm trying to look at dodgeball a little more analytical now in my my older older days, but. Uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye out if I ever play against you. Know, like, all right, this guy's a counterer. Um, yeah. I mean, that's one thing I do like about nose thing, even though I'm not a big fan of nose thing. But like, if I wanted to counter someone without really doing a full wind up, I just kind of flip the arm. It works. Eight point five, you kind of have to time it a lot better, which is why I like eight point five better because it's more of a strategy game based on whether you can or can't throw this ball in a specific speed or not. So there's a little bit more that goes into it other than just nose thing. Everyone can be able to throw. So that's one thing I like about eight point five. 
Yeah, that, that used to be my, my biggest thing. Uh, I feel like 8.5, you, you kind of earn the right to be able to throw it versus no stinger foam. Anyone can throw it, but then anyone could throw it. So you have to dodge more and be more, uh, more quarter wear. So there, there's some, there's some good with the bad with that one. Um, again, just changing my perspective on it as, as a whole. Um, did you have any role models, uh, growing up? Um, surprisingly, no, I'm boring for that type of answer. Um, if I can think of one, I'll probably make it later, but as far as I'm wearing right now, not really. how about superheroes? Just like curiosity, who's your, who's your favorite? Or do you have Ooh. one or character? Uh, I don't have one. I have like a whole list, but, um, let me see if I can pick one off of probably the flash. If I had to pick one, mostly cause like he's stupidly overpowered, but I love it. So I'm not a huge DC fan. Um, stupidly overpowered is not how I would describe the Flash. Um, let's start out real quick. Like, how is he overpowered? Just I mean, if you think about it, he could break almost any laws of physics. He could. I mean, when he's at his most powerful, he could break laws of physics. Physics. He could time travel. He can process things so fast that time breaks. So, like, if he decided to actually use his powers to like the utmost level, no one would really touch him. He could be a pretty bad dude. All right. Yeah. I never saw Justice League. Uh, DC fans, please forgive me, but I just remember seeing Superman destroy everybody, including the Flash. Um, so I, when I think super stupidly overpowered, I think Superman is like, oh my God, this guy is just unstoppable. Yeah, I would say he has too many powers, which makes him stupidly overpowered. So like, that's also a great argument. But if you had to go with one power, I would say Flash. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. Like he specializes in in speed, and that's he, he maximizes that to to be an asset to the team. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your? So you kind of talked about like how not having uh, a number with the number five in it or ending it five um, messes you up. But do you have any other like pregame rituals or like you know how do you prepare for a game or for a tournament? Um, there's like two different ways depends on my mood. Um, the first one. If I do everything correctly, um, I'll have like usually good breakfast, whatever. I'll always have a monster or two before um, I warm up. And then I'll usually do like a whole warm up routine that I wrote down for myself, whether it's like running, do stretches, um, like a specific warm up, everything for it. Um, and then throw about all around, listening to a like, full blast. Um, typically, I'll listen to. Um, uh, I usually, because I'm not really good at music, I'll just put Pandora on and just literally just play out on um, electronic cardio. So, like, whatever pops up on that station, usually I'll go with. So, like, Sandstorm or Tsunami are usually good ones. Um, just good pop-up music. Sandstorm the uh, by Darude, I think, the the Blade song? I think so. I don't know artists. Like, I'm, when it comes to music, like I'm beyond bad. Gotcha. Yeah, that's part of the reason I pick electronic because I don't have to remember like lyrics. I don't have to remember really names or artists. It's just I can remember the name, and that's all I need. I'm good. Yeah, I think uh, if you listen to uh, Sandstorm and you're not moving or you don't want to move, you, you're you're dead inside because that yeah. song, even what twenty years after the fact, is still pretty pretty intense. Yeah, like I'm pretty hyper like, for the most part. Once I get going, like the monster kicks in, I'm like pretty hyper in the morning, um, and then kind of just like stays consistent throughout the whole day so like once i get that monster and like once i'm good to go i'm like ready to go 
I mean, especially for drinking too. Like, what makes you decide? Is this a one monster day or a two monster day? Um, well, usually if I don't have monster, then it's just like I, I can still hi- I can fake it till I make it and just make up the energy. I can trick myself that way. It's a little trick I have. It's kind of nice, but it doesn't. But um, yeah. But uh, I don't know what decides it. It just depends on either if I can get to the store, I get the monster, or I don't. It's usually what it decides. Like if I have it, I always pick it. But if I don't, then it's just I'll fake it till I make it. It becomes more mental than uh, caffeine and taurine yeah, I mean, and whatever else is in that. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I don't really need the caffeine. Like I actually played pretty well without it. It's just like it's something I always did in wrestling, where I would always have either an energy drink and a chocolate muffin, or just a chocolate muffin. And I would trick myself into thinking chocolate would be the caffeine I needed, even though it has practically none in it. So. Yeah. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, so earlier we, we kind of talked about like your, your warm up routine, your running stretches, and that makes me want to ask, um, about what got you into personal training? Because one of the things that I feel you're really well known for is the fact that you're a personal trainer. You founded uh, dodgeball fit to win. You've been posting, um, challenges, answering questions. Uh, definitely want to spend some time on that. Um, what why personal training like what uh what inspired you to do that um so interesting enough i didn't actually want to initially do that um so i went to school for uh a really high tech degree for like biomedical engineering uh learned pretty quickly that i suck at coding which is like a big part of engineering so it took me about two two and a half years to figure out that um well it took me two weeks to figure out i didn't want to do engineering then I went to an undecided program for about two and a half years. Um, just trying to figure out what I'd be good at, what I would want to do in college. And somehow it ended up with me figuring out that I wanted to so do something in athletics or um, kind of like health, just coaching people. So I figured personal training would be a good start. And then by the end of my junior, senior year, um, I figured out that I wanted that personal training would be kind of like a gateway into kind of just like sport training. Um, just like working with athletes to help get them faster, stronger, uh, whatever their goals are for whatever sport they're playing. That's kind of what my goal would be. Gotcha. <clears throat> and uh, are you pretty close to doing that now? Or is it like a, like a process where you got to train a certain amount of people a certain way? Or like, how does, how does that work? Like, how do you uh, get um, to where you want to be trainer wise? You could go a lot of different routes into it. So there's really no one straight path for it. Um, the route I'm going at right now is just getting some experience just in the fitness field in general, because that usually helps. Um, cause I, I got a late start into it, so I'm working on it now. So I actually just got an internship with a local uh, sports training uh, facility that's pretty well known for the area in the area for by a lot of either professional um, athletes, a lot of college athletes. So um, I'm pretty excited about starting that sometime soon. Uh, but like like I said, there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. You can go to uh, grad school, be a graduate assistant for like a strength and conditioning uh, team. You can do personal training for a lot of years and just get certifications and then work your way up into it. Or you just have connections. Um, just meet the right people at the right time. Um, so there's like a lot of different ways you can go about it. Just kind of find out what works for you and your style and right. what you want. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I've always wondered like what makes a personal trainer become a personal trainer. Obviously like 
you must want to be able or willing or, you know, you want to like help people better themselves. Um, so there's like a certain, um, philanthropic is the only word that comes to mind, like type of, uh, mentality. I mean, it's, it's always cool. Like, I mean, I've, I've been seeing personal trainer now for since July and, um, I had one like maybe 10 years ago. Um, and I still remember like just the time I spent with him over that summer taught me how to lift weights by myself and, and help with that discipline. And, um, I feel like anybody that's willing to, to help you strengthen yourself and be healthy is, is, uh, is like a borderline saint. So I've always wondered like what motivates people to, to take that path. So that's really cool. Um, that you guys can make a huge difference in somebody's life. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, man, if I, if I did not need money and if I was in great shape, I'd probably be a personal trainer too, just because I feel like that would be just the most fulfilling thing in the world. Just watching somebody progress and see them, um, you know, reach their goals and, and gain that confidence. Um, I feel like that's probably a really awesome feeling. It's fantastic. I mean, like you'll get a wide variety. Like there's, there's always going to be like terrible clients that just want someone to talk to or just want to work out, but they don't really want to put in the work. Right. And then there's, opposite side spectrum where there's clients that will do everything you tell them to do there's clients that will uh make change in their their diet their lifestyle uh they'll actually listen to what you say they'll put in the work that you want them to do and it's fantastic when they actually hit their goals because it usually is a long journey like my, one of my favorite clients i picked the there's two women in like above in their upper 40s upper 50s um and they lost together there's the two of them. They lost about almost 200 pounds since I saw them. And that's probably one of my favorite stories I've ever had, had got a chance to work with because nice. um, at first they were a struggle. Uh, I will, I will tell them that they were rough to train because they never had any type of fitness experience. They were very sedentary prior to meeting them. So just trying to get them just to do uh chair sit where they sit down on the chair and stand up was rough. So I didn't know what I was with them at first. And the worst part was, I was like, I think three months into my first training job. So like just learning how to just kind of work with people that can't do certain movements was very eye-opening, um, but definitely worth the experience because I think about eight months later, it was a massive, massive um, progression for them. And I'm very proud of it. What do you think that is uh, like that? When I, when I interviewed Brenda last year, and this kind of inspired me to, to reach out to you and, and look at setting up uh, Dodgeball Fit to Win, because we, we called it like the, the Kramer moment, where at some point somebody just has, they've had enough. They're like, okay, I am done not reaching my goals. I'm done feeling like crap. I'm done drinking, smoking. I'm done poisoning myself. I'm done not being healthy. And they, they just get this like, they get this motivation that's not, you know, New Year's Eve motivation. This isn't like... Um, you know, like something that they picked up and quit for like the third or fourth time, they just get something like just something clicks in their brain and they're, they're just motivated beyond, um, I almost want to say like beyond motivation, they're just like discipline and they make that, that continuous choice every single day or every single session to get after it. Um, what do you think that is? Like, is that an actual like moment that somebody has in, in their, in their thoughts or like, have you, have you seen that in people in your, in your clients? I've definitely seen that in a variety of people. Um, I saw it in my brother because he was a bit tubby uh, growing up. Well, not really growing up. He was a little tubby because he, didn't, he didn't do anything to kind of help himself. Right. So, uh, I think he had one point where he just decided to 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. We, I'm, I'm gonna do this for every day. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna do whatever it's gotta do to change. Took him longer than most would take, but he got to a point. Then he got satisfied, and they got to another point. But yeah, I'm gonna do this again. And now he looks fantastic to what he used to be. So, um, so I mean, I've definitely seen that firsthand. Whether it's clients, my family. Um, one thing I will say though, like um, even if you have that moment, because I would say it's just a spark. I wouldn't say it's sustainable for the most part without the support system because I have seen people with that spark and have to fade out pretty quickly. It's happened to me multiple times where I'll have that spark, but hey, I'm going to do this real quick. It last maybe a month and then slowly fizzle out either because life gets them away or you were in it for the wrong reasons or whatever the reason is for people. It's very about that support system and without having specific goals in mind without having the right mindset towards it, it can very easily get put out quickly um, without kind of having the right kind of attitude towards it. That's, that's funny. Cause you're, you're answering uh, a question I was about to ask about, about that spark. Cause yeah, like I, I feel like that's a good way to put it too. Like you, you do have the spark it, it will power you through, but it can only get you so far because like you said, life will happen an injury will happen. Um, I don't know, you might lose your job and you can't afford personal training or you can't like just some, some, so many reasons why the gym and being active, uh, loses its priorities. And then I was going to ask like, what, what do you do to, to rekindle that spark or, or keep it going? And the support system is, uh, massive. I mean, just, um, like there's so many times the, the, the group has motivated me to work out. Same thing with the tracker. Um, and the thing is like, I know I've been slacking, but I'm going to look at, uh, this thing on December 31st and I'm going to be able to say like, I worked out 75% of this year. Um, I hope it's that high. It's probably not, <laughs> but that's the thing is like at this yeah. point, because of this group, it's like, yeah, we're all, we're all going to fall off the wagon, but we're going to get right back on. Uh, cause hopefully it hasn't gone so far past us that we can't catch up to it. And as long as you're doing that, I feel like that's just life. Like, I don't think people, Unless you're like David Goggins, this crazy monster, I don't think you're gonna stay fit um, and motivated, uh, you know, twenty four seven, three sixty five. I think you're gonna have life happen to you, and it's just being able to to find a way to get back on that that that's probably gonna be the biggest difference in the world. Um, yeah, I would say like definitely having um, I don't know if you've heard smart goals, um, but it's a very. I used to think it was really dumb, and it's like wasn't like useful at all but having a smart goal is an acronym sir um right specific measurable attainable realistic and time um, goals if i got that right uh, but basically like you want to make sure you can have a goal that's not vague but that you can um realistically achieve in a certain amount of time frame that's basically what the uh, smart goal kind of stands for if you have kind of a vague goal, like, for example, like, I want to lose uh, 20 pounds. There's nothing really keeping you in check to lose those 20 pounds. Like, if you say, I want to lose 20 pounds by March. Okay, now you have a time frame. Now, let's say, realistically, let's say I want to lose 200 pounds by March. That's realistically not going to happen for anyone. One that's not healthy, and you probably die if you did. Um, for the most part, but that's like kind of the idea behind it. So you want to make sure that it's a goal that's realistic. You can measure it. Um, and you share with other people that'll also keep 
you accountable because other people keep you accountable as well. And they, you can even get someone that could join you in your goal. That's a partner, a whole process around the way. So that makes it a lot easier to do for the two of you. That's why I like the uh, the tracker so much because, like, even if it's just a couple of us, you know, kind of in a friendly, sporty way, teasing each other, like, "Hey, man, get on this," or "Hey, you're slacking." It's something that um, I have many times. Like, I need to work out today because someone's gonna give me a hard time on on the Facebook, and uh, I feel like a huge hypocrite saying this because I need to open up the December tab. But that's exactly the point. Like, it's you're making this, uh, you're making people hold you to it. Um, and it's all in good fun. I mean, I don't think uh, there's been anything like disparaging or or uh, short of encouraging to, to keep with it. But um, I think you got it right. Um, I had to Google smart real quick. Um, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. Realistic. Is it realistic? Yeah, it's realistic. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yep. I. No, you're that. good. I, I was struggling. <laughs> I remember if I got it right. And I'm like, oh, God, please don't get it right. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. Okay. It's like, uh, example, uh, depending on the type of goal, these criteria may sometimes change. Example for letter A, manager may use assignable instead of whatever. Um, realistic is better than relevant. Because um, like you said, like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds next week. Like, well, that's that's not healthy at all. Yeah, yeah you got to be, uh, yeah, you just got to be smart with your goals. Um, for me, that's that's one thing I'm, I don't want to say I'm struggling on because my, my goal seeing this trainer wasn't um it's measurable because i i get weighed in like every every month or so just to see like am i losing fat am i gaining muscle mass great but it's it's more of like a feeling and i know that's probably not the best um goal to have but do i feel 50 or do i feel you know 30 um and can i play dodgeball and not get winded um but at some I point would say, okay. i would say it's also a respectable goal like you could i would say you could always have a vague goal but if you want to improve, definitely have specific goals that will definitely get your results faster. If that makes sense. No, it does. And I'm, I'm, I'm there, there's some goals that I want to hit, uh, based off, um, army fit, fitness standards. And so yeah. that was my measuring moment. Like, Hey, I boosted my score by 15 points. Um, I was very weak in these areas. So that's, that's one thing too, that helps a lot. Cause, um, yeah, I'm a very, I'm very, qualitative guy um not as quantitative as, as it should be but um i think after this conversation i'll probably bust out the uh, smart chart and get back on track here um that's a good piece though um let's go ahead and go into the the crowdsource questions um i'm hoping i'm assuming this is an inside joke but shelby grimes says uh this is my question will somebody please dot 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 okay so um at the San Diego Classic for the co-ed um, tournament back in October. Um, we kept chanting out just like sexual innuendos oh really for like our entire um, kind of intro, like team chant before a game or after a game. And every time it was something different up until I think it was Elisa um, said, sit on my face. And then we just kind of ran with it for like the rest of the other half of the tournament. So and then someone end up saying, "Will will somebody please?" And then team would chant, "Sit on my face," and it was fantastic. I see. Yes. Well, I walked right into that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Team chance for the win." I mean, I guess that's that's about as PG thirteen as you can get. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll probably move like, on here. Far worse than that, but like I'm a, I must one. I don't remember of two. I'm gonna save you the trouble. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I was like already getting my my editing pen ready, but. Uh, <laughs> 
No, I have terrible memory with some of those things. That's funny. Um, why does Markel keep asking this question that's already his? Um, <laughs> very well, then. Um, he asks, and I'll, I'll just edit it later, but um, he asks, when it's all said and done, when you hang up your knee pads, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, ah, how do you want to be remembered in dodgeball? Uh, I had an answer for this question, and then I forgot it. Um, for the most part, I just like, want to be remembered for just my investment to the sport, like whether it's through being a player, whether it's through the personal training or the training aspect of it, um, or just as a deaf player, like one of the few, uh, at least uh, as far as I'm aware, I'm the only one. Um, but yeah, like whether it's one of those three options, that'd be fantastic. Gotcha. Or being really hard to play against because again, unpredictable and i enjoy that part yeah i mean that's, that's something you want to be remembered as um you know as, as a great player um resonate people's memories and you know as the kids get younger and younger you know striking fear into their hearts I'm like oh yeah i remember hearing about him he's a great player and um i keep forgetting about the whole uh death thing man i remember you uh you, i don't want to say you caught me off guard but i had no idea um that you were you were deaf um that's a very appropriate reaction that's how most people are when they meet me because no one expects that unless someone like i'll get one of two reactions either if someone never met me before and then i tell them they're deaf i'm like wait what 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 no huh like i usually get those reactions or like just people are completely thrown off and then they're like not awkward about it but they're kind of awkward about it they don't know what to do with that information or the second response is someone tells them ahead of time and then they act very differently toward me, um, whether the, like they're not sure how to talk to me or like um, I don't know. Like I, I get different reactions, but those are like kind of the two big ones. So it's like always very interesting, like kind of meeting people for the most part. Yeah, I feel like uh, you described my every reaction because I just I, I was um, it was hard to believe. I was like, wow, I would never have thought you know the few interactions I've had with you in previous tournaments, watching you play. Um, yeah, it's just something I don't, I don't think I would have ever picked up on, which is uh, yeah. really cool, man. Because like you go back and talk about all these sports you played, and you know you, you didn't let that get in your way of um, you know being your best. So yeah, it was definitely not easy for like I would say maturity of the sports. Um, wrestling probably the worst one, and track for sure. Um, Cause like with wrestling, so oh god, so my old hearing aid. Um, it's not as flashy as this new one because the new one I have now is like very easily hidden because one up hair two it's very small. Um, because all right, so I don't I don't know if you know most people don't, uh, but what they don't know me I have closed ears so like my I don't have any ear holes or ear canals or anything like that so I have like a like if you fold your ear over itself that's kind of what my ear looks like for the most part. Um, for both of them so i can't wear normal hearing aids so for like the first 18 years of my life i had this like really awful headband for a hearing aid so and it had like a metal cap at the top for whatever reason so when i wrestled i wasn't allowed to wear that so i couldn't wear any hearing aids at the time so um that was like the first part where i had to be like com not completely deaf but i'm not technically deaf, but deaf in terms and it's very different compared to like other sports where I'm like, okay, I can't hear much, but I can work with it rather than having it completely off and just having to kind of focus on just the opponent and no one else. So it's very different. 
That's crazy. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what uh, what changes you have to make if you can't hear the opponent. Like we always, I'll say we, we take for granted our senses uh, until one of them is removed. Um, heaven forbid. But that's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you have no idea um, how much um, something as 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 simple as hearing could uh, could impact your your performance and and what it's like to be to have that hindered. So. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like, I think Rebecca asked a question later on about this. We can get that to later. Definitely. Yeah, again, that's, that's something I keep forgetting, too. Like, I remember reading that question. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. And then even right now, um, talking about it. But um, yeah, we'll move on to get to that question. Um, and Eli, uh, he says, thus far, what was the one game you enjoyed playing the most, most memorable, and with whom were you playing against? And you responded, "Why well, you got to ask the hard questions?" So, um, I'll probably say, "Well, it's probably my ethic." Uh, any team I'd probably like gone one v anything against in one were probably any of my most favorite ones. But probably my first elite tournament in the East, we were playing against. I was with the Rochester Tigers at the time, and I was playing against Goat. And I ended up one v fouring them in my first elite outing, so that was probably like my, my most memorable one because I don't think I've ever done anything to that caliber ever. That's, um, and then I actually did stats on that game later, and it turns out I got the whole team out by myself, which was also fantastic. Nice. So yeah, probably that's probably like the most memorable one, only because that's probably like the highest cap i've ever set for myself it's kind of hard to surpass that when that's your first outing so yeah well another thing that surprised me was how young you were um how old are you 23 22 24 but yeah yeah so i mean you got plenty of time to uh to to cap that so and that that's a good starting point i think taking out uh goat all by yourself um as your first elite debut uh, that's that's pretty awesome um but yeah you got plenty of time um Markel asked again, what was your favorite division playing in at nationals? So yeah, there's a ton of them. Um, was it 8.5 or did you have a, a different, uh, probably co-ed 8.5. Uh, if I had a pick, um, mostly cause like it was a really fun team. And I would say the majority of us have never played together like ever. Um, cause it's mostly just all North people, including Mark, uh, and Tim Wells. So, it was just like we all came together and just wrecked most of the competition. It was fantastic because we didn't really have much of a strategy at first, and it was kind of working. So we just kind of rolled with it, and it's surprisingly effective. So I think that's kind of why it worked because since we didn't have a strategy, teams can't really plan against it because we didn't know what we were doing, so it kind of worked out. Uh, but also the fact that like in the North, we don't really have co-ed ever. So the fact that I got to play with Paige and Rebecca, who are probably arguably the two best um, 8.5 players um, in the country, at least in my thing, whether it's valid or not. Uh, so it's just fantastic getting to play with them. And just the perspective of being the um, co-ed division, because I think I was one of the first times I played in you know, co-ed division before, besides like no staying, um, where women's roles are a little bit more open or a little bit more equal. But 8.5 is different because usually with 8.5, it's usually the men taking over. And for our team, uh, Rebecca and Paige had every right to throw whenever they wanted. 
So it's kind of like it felt even no matter what the ball type was. It was what's fantastic about it. Yeah, those are definitely very, very phenomenal players. Rebecca is a freaking legend. And um, Paige, my God, I mean, she's MVP of the world right now, right? Um, yeah, took she the gold and Just a little bit. I yeah. love you, Paige, but you scare me sometimes. Yeah, she scares me too. Uh, I remember she played with us in Tucson on the summers that she was home. And uh, every time she'd get out, she she, I, she probably still does this. Like, she would just cuss herself out like, like, like it's funny at first, but then she would just keep going and like the yeah. insults would get worse and worse. And then I remember asking, uh, cause I, she had been playing for a while by the time I got back to Tucson from one of my adventures. But, um, I was like, is this, is this girl? Okay. Like, is she like, okay in the head? Like, should she be here or does she need supervision? Um, <laughs> I, I, that was like a legit thought. And I actually, I forgot who I asked that, but then I got to know her. I was like, okay, she's just mad at herself. She's not going to like attack anyone. So that's good. Cause I, she looks like she can murder some people. So. Yeah, I mean, like the first time I met Paige, I never saw her coming because I never met her. Because like it was after, I want to say it was after Grand Rapids or the Detroit Cup. I don't remember which one, but um, I just remember I was with Tim Wells because we were at the Rochester Tigers at the after party, and like Tim Wells comes out of nowhere, like clutching his nipples. He he just goes hide your nipples, and I'm like, what does that mean? And next thing you know, I'm like, <laughs> because Paige pinched my nipples, and that's how I met her. So yeah, so that, what does that mean? Like exactly what it says now. It's too late for you, and you got guys. Yeah, and I, I was very paranoid meeting Paige after that. Like anytime I saw her, I just instant reflexes to cover up the nipples for like the first like three or four months after knowing her. <laughs> oh man, Paige, uh, she's the best. Um, well, speaking of Rebecca, so she asked, and this is the question we, we talked about earlier. Um, she said, what was the hardest obstacle in this sport that somebody not realized you had to overcome with being hearing impaired? And then she says, um, obviously there's the givens, like not hearing the count or teammates calling plays and you don't have your implant in, or if it's broken, but is there anything that uh, people may not realize you have trouble with? Um, and then she said, you, or you said, uh, good Lord, you, why'd you take the two top answers away? So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Okay, so my two go-to answers when people ask me, like, what's it like or, like, what's the hardest part about being deaf on a sport? Um, mostly just hearing either the coach or your players or just, like, teammates, um, like, instructions, whether they're calling a play or telling me, like, for example, if I'm supposed to throw or they're throwing or whatever. Um, most of the time I'm either guessing or I have an idea of what you're saying because either you're from – a across the court everyone's screaming it's kind of hard to hear and um so for most part i'm like usually guessing i usually get it right most of the time but every once in a while i get it wrong um so those are usually kind of like my two big answers so when she took that away i had to really think about what it's like to play without it um usually um for me i've only played without my hearing aids once in dodgeball and of course it had to be at the worst timing ever because it was actually at this past um, USA tryouts for uh, at the combine when my hearing aids had to break the day before or a year or two before. And that was an interesting experience for me because one, I was playing with people I've never played with. And the fact that I don't know what these people sound like or what they're saying on top of not having hearing aids is making it a whole lot worse. Um, but for the most part, like outside of one thing I realized with not having been able to hear very well is outside of dodgeball, it's actually like almost isolating. 
like off the court, off the court, a little bit isolated. Because like when you go to social events and you can't hear much, you tend to just stay quiet and just kind of respond to what you think you confidently hear. Right. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's just like learning to kind of pick and choose your conversations because it can be very draining for the most part. Um, mentally, trying to like focus on things you can't exactly hear, but you try anyway, just to kind of stay. I wouldn't say relevant, but like kind of in the conversation, so that way you're not just kind of bored. Um, but it is exhausting, like whether it's mentally or physically. Some. Yeah, I, I I can't imagine, man. That's uh, huge huge kudos and props to you for for doing what you do, um, despite that and over- overcoming it and still being. From what I remember, pretty social guy during the classic. I think that's probably the most I talked to you. Um, yeah. And then just playing all these sports, and then just continuing to um, to push people and help motivate people to to be their best. So that's uh, that's definitely awesome, man. Um, Sergio Leone asks, uh, outside of Devin, um, who else on Kaiju can roast like any other or like no other? Uh, probably Anthony, even though he doesn't really roast. Like, so as Kaiju, so we, including, so if you take the whole, whole North meme roasting with the um, game top. Honesty, oh, I love uh, it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Kaiju, I'm probably, the, I think I'm the social media manager for Kaiju. So we just jumped in just because we thought it'd be fun. But we don't really roast other people really well. We tend to roast each other. So uh, I think what Sergio's getting at is how we roast each other mostly on Facebook. So Anthony and Crossy, even though he doesn't do it on Facebook, he's very good at just roasting or kind of just like calling out people uh, in person. When he, whenever he has the opportunity to do it, he will do it. He doesn't post it ever, but in person he will do it anytime. So definitely him. Nice. Man, the uh, the meme site, that was one of my favorite things this year, and I hope we see more of them next year in good taste, of course, and – the uh, yeah. the roasting I, I'm glad it's like uh, internal roasting and not uh, not calling out other players because oh, I was yeah. gonna say Devin doesn't really strike me as a guy that that roasts but uh, that is not a challenge Devin by any means so don't come at me bro no like we'll definitely do each other when we will respond when needed to other teams which is why I kind of just jumped in because we hope that a team would pick a fight and then we'd be able to respond and Heat did a pretty well good job of doing that um, so I guess. If it came down to like GameCop and Dynasty is rivaled, I guess you could say, this is my opinion, Heat and Kaiju are meme rivals just for memes. You don't have to take that any other way. But yeah. Nice. I see uh, like Category 5 getting into it too. Um, I, I think about, it's just. Right? What's that? Lone Star, right? They get they pick fights with Lone Star, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, again, it's all, it's all in good fun. Um, yeah. It's, you know, if we're not watching Do- if we're not playing dodgeball we're watching dodgeball or we're talking about it or we're teasing each other about it so why not um Sergio also asked did you get payback for that gift from last year which uh man Ugh. that was that's fun to watch sorry man like it's funny because the way that went down in my head was nothing like what happened in the video and I will never be able to live that down because someone always brings it back up every year um but yeah so like that was my first nationals like i remember like i think the day before that video came out because i didn't know anyone videotaped it so i'm just thinking like hey i want to get like a highlight i want to do something cool like i want to like i want my footage to be out there somewhere 
and of course that video comes up and not how I pictured it ever going down. Yeah, you're like, not like that. That's that's not at all how I wanted to be. <laughs> no, like and I remember like when like picturing myself going with that motion. Like I remember jumping, I remember locking one and like getting hit with another. And in my head I landed, I sat down, put a hand up, and like waved it to let them know I was out. And then I got hit. But according to the video, like the whole sitting down and land like hand up, waving it off didn't happen. And all I remember is my throat burning because I never got a chance to because I literally sat down and then I just remember my throat just like on fire and he's being like, "What happened? Who hit me? Why? Like, what did I do to deserve this?" And then like I can see, um, turned out it was Peyton that did it. So I see him come up and like apologize. I'm like, "Dude, you're cool. I just never saw it coming." So like, you're a dick for that. But like, it's whatever. It's like you're cool. Yeah, that was... Then, ugh, was awful. That that looked. Uh, I mean, just because it's slow motion, it it, it sounds like it, it seems like even longer of a delay. But like, man, so we put a hit on uh, Miles right there. Like that was that was intentional. Obviously, it, it wasn't. It's just timing. You know, trying to scatter your throws, um, especially knowing that you are um, as much of a dodger as you are. So, but yeah, if you look at it slow motion, it's just like that. That was that almost looks intentional. But uh, yeah, like I talked to Rebecca afterwards. I don't remember when, but like I remember like it was after that um, nationals. And it turned out like uh, Final Justice has a contingency plan for whenever I'm uh, up against them alone. Because I have a tendency to either close out games with them or get close to it. So apparently I have a contingency plan for it. And like I kind of like that because like, I got respect. But the same time is it's terrifyingly like effective. So I don't know how I feel about the contingency plan for it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's it's funny when you get like that much respect that you are you're targeted or there's a strategy against you. You're like, well, that's really cool, but the other hand, that makes my job a little bit harder now to stay alive. Yep. Like I remember when I went to the north for the first time, and it was a fantastic time. Like I moved from the east because I went to college. I moved back home in the north, and I went to like the first north round. It was probably like the best time ever because no one knew who I was except for like maybe a handful of players. But at the same time, I would play one elite tournament. No one knew what I was really capable of. So I was able to do whatever I wanted, anytime I wanted. And no one threw at me because no one thought I was a threat. It was fantastic. And then, like, around a whole year later, and, like, I don't think I've ever had a round where I haven't had more than two or three balls thrown at me at a time. Unless it's, like, a random throw. And it's, like, not fun anymore because I don't like having two or three balls thrown at me every time because I want to have at least a chance do something cool but no team but take me out early now so yeah yeah because of the territory of uh of being a threat like i said it's uh it's it's kind of cool like oh cool like they think i'm a threat but also i sure spent a lot of time in the queue this sucks right so Um, it helps when you're unpredictable so i can do stupid stuff and it usually works out in my favor or at least doesn't get me out so it kind of it's an even trade-off so i'll take it fair enough uh, speaking of a lot of times in the queue, Eddie Gary asks, uh, why do you constantly block balls into your teammate next to you? And then you say, why are you always the first one to get hit in double kills? So can you want to explain that a little bit? Uh, so Eddie Gary usually will line up next to me. And because there's usually more than one ball thrown at me, I'll tend to block him to the side on accident. And of course, he usually hits him. But to trade it off, usually if they throw at him, he almost always ends up smacking me into me. So, 
Yeah, so like that's kind of our ongoing joke is we're all either gonna get each other out or both going out. There's no, there's no. <laughs> you're, you're taking each other with you. Pretty much, like we. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I hate when it happens, but it's so funny at the same time because like if you go, uh, if your teammate knocks you out, you just the, the look of fear or sorrow in their face, just like I'm sorry, and then just like how could you have done this to me? Yeah, right. Like, I can't believe you've done this. Like it just. It's funny, but it sucks at the same time. Like you never want to go out that way. You also never want to take out your teammate that way. But you got to appreciate the five seconds of, of humor when it happens, especially when uh, teams like yell at each other over it in a joking way. Yep. Oh, Don't man, worry. double kills. Um, Dominic Borgia asks, uh, why did you start FitFam, and how has this group helped dodgeballers? Um, I'm trying to remember the, the reason they just started. Um. I think I remember starting it because I don't know if you remember, but I think it was like my senior year, but I really was like a uh, senior project for like that dodgeball that I made a couple years back. Um, I think that was like kind of like the start of it where like I wanted to, that was when I figured out that I wanted um, a career where I can help dodgeball grow, whether it's become a trainer or open up my own gym, train people from my own gym or some type of variation of that. Um, but yeah, uh, that was kind of the plan at the moment for that. Oh, I forgot my train of thought that beat threw me off. Sorry. No, no worries. Um, yeah, I think I remember that vaguely. And I think that that's kind of what, um, I must say like at some point I, I connected the dots like, Oh, okay. He's a, he's a, he's a trainer. And, um, I'm actually scrolling up in our conversation. This was like October, uh, 2018. Um, and like, let's see, I think you, uh, I don't know where, where the context is. Maybe we start talking about it on somebody's post, but then you reached out to me and you said, so I'm down to make it, make the group workout happen. The question is which media would be better. I feel like Snapchat provides quick and easy evidence that you're doing a workout, uh, but not be great for providing tips or asking questions. And then, um, I said something about a Facebook group and then we kind of go back and forth and then, uh, we just kind of started that start pitching names at each other. But, um, yeah, I think that that project was what started something and then somehow turned into dodgeball fit to win. So I think what happened was like, I think someone asked me to do like a fit page or at least tossed out the idea to do like a fitness page for like, have it be more toward like my page and like me posting videos, me posting pictures. Um, but I'm terrible at social media where like if you look at my social media, like I don't post often. I just share stuff. I'll occasionally post something like here and there, but I'm terrible at like maintaining it. Um, so I didn't, I never wanted the fit, like dodgeball fit to win to be my page. Um, so I kind of held off on it for about a year and then someone tossed up the idea again, uh, to me and I'm just like, okay, maybe I could, maybe I could do something with it. And then I had the idea to do something similar to, um, dodgeball family where people would post their workouts or post like hey i lost this amount of weight or kind of like a like a community setting to it um and that's why i reached out to you i actually don't remember why i specifically reached out to you for it but um it was just an idea that i figured hey i could do something with this and make it work i just had no idea how to like start it and you were definitely really helpful in like the initial process for it just getting ideas out because i'm good at like big ideas i don't know how to do 
the specifics into it. So definitely having you was able to kind of guide my thoughts was definitely really, really helpful. Oh, glad he helped, man. And, uh, that's funny. Cause I, I, I've heard that a lot with, uh, people I've worked with is like, people will have like these really awesome ideas. And then I guess I'm just so meticulous and analytical that I'll figure out how to make it happen. And that's, that's one thing I really love doing, um, is just, okay, here's the end state. How do we make it happen? What steps do you have to take? Um, I don't know how to, de- I don't know how to describe that, but, uh, I appreciate that, man. That, that kind of reinforces one of the things I really like doing. And, um, I just remember like getting super motivated from my interview with Brenda last year and, you know, talking about like, you know, what motivates people to, to work out, to, to overcome their perceived weaknesses and whatnot. And I think the timing was just all there. And then I remember seeing like Instagram posts of, um, uh, Brianna and Karina, um, working out for worlds. And then I think the timing was just perfect because it just blew up after that and people got on board and, um, I want to say like the rest is history. Like it's, I like it because I can post, um, certain things of mine that I don't want to necessarily brag about on my Facebook wall. Um, cause I definitely used to be one of those like, Oh, I just did a CrossFit workout. I'm so cool. Give me them legs. And then, uh, realize how like how much of a douchebag it probably sounded like, Yeah. but doing so in, in like a, like a tracker kind of way, or these, these are my results kind of way. And just, um, to, uh, to an audience that's already receptive towards it is really helpful. Going back to that that social um, social what do you call it? Um, not social proof, but like community feeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, these people want to see you know I want to see posts of the people saying I'm I'm I, I want to get better or my run has increased or here's my workout video like like that's cool. Like if if it's a if it's a an audience that is already um, primed and wants to hear that and wants to encourage you then yeah it's, it's it feeds off really well and uh kind of want to allude to uh something in the works uh but i'll let you kind of just maybe maybe kind of hint towards that or, or just uh can we look forward to more from you in regards yeah. to uh um so there is something in the works um i don't know when it's gonna be released yet but um i will be putting out updates at some point that there is something in the works. Be excited for it because it's, I think it's going to be really, really helpful to the dodgeball uh, community. Whether you're in different countries or just you want to get more fit, it's something that'll kind of throw out more information. So I'll toss out more teasers, hopefully sometime in the next few weeks. But once we get some, um, I'll be working with someone with this on the way. By the way, so once we get some more like information, to you guys, I'm definitely going to toss out more teasers. So be looking out for that. Awesome. I know it's uh. Uh, trying to tiptoe on the not giving away, but I know it's something that people have been asking for. So I'm looking forward to it. And I, I think it's be very well received and uh, just one more awesome contribution that people from the dodgeball community are giving back to the community. So can't wait, man. And your, uh, your post here about getting pumped after watching worlds, like that's, that's in line with, with what we're talking about. So um, if, yeah, if you watch that, you're not motivated to, to play some dodgeball and, and pursue uh, progress and you must not have been watching because my god that was exciting to watch so i've only seen a couple of videos because i've been like working all every time like the game was on i was at work and i'm not like, watching them work and i'm like Ugh. so i still have to catch up on a lot of the videos but i saw all the main ones and i'm oh, yeah. goosebumps it's, it's, like like legit shouting at my computer um i got goosebumps watching brenda i flipped out when i watched Paige live um i laughed hysterically at Jake Mason losing it about Mike McGee. Like there's just, I mean, those are just like the, the 
top three right now. I'm sure there's so much more that happened, but uh, just that alone was was super exciting. And then just watching the the games uh, towards the semifinals and finals, and it was awesome, man. It was a lot of good energy coming through the uh, the interwebs. Man, like that, it was fantastic. It definitely sparked the drive. Man, I've been saying so long. Yeah, I was not prepared for that. Um, yeah, because like when I made that post, like I was not mostly talking about me, but like I knew that I was not the only one feeling that. So I definitely wanted to throw out that post to kind of like re-motivate people, especially since um, if I'm correct, I don't actually know, but uh, the dodgeball fit the Winnipeg is almost a year old now, if not already a year old. Um, so I kind of wanted to just like kind of re-spark that energy that people had at the beginning of the year, especially when I made that initial New Year's challenge where yeah. a ton of people were like really psyched up about that. So I kind of wanted to like restart that drive, especially with all the announcements that the worlds had made um, with certain countries making announcements for new things. So I'm just like, okay, Dodgeball's getting a new wave in 220 or 2020. So I kind of want to like revitalize the fitness aspect or just get people's training earlier this year so that the competition's ready for what's coming. Yeah. And then just talking about like the timing, you know, we're in the, the roughest part of the year where the desire to, to, to eat and splurge and, and make bad choices is, is probably the most, uh, it's, it's at highest. Um, so this is a good time to kind of just get us through to the next, to the new year and get going on, uh, looking towards the future. And it's really cool seeing, you know, like Sergio saying, I'm already up for my next training session. Uh, Dominic saying I'm ready coach. Um, Rebecca went to the gym like immediately afterwards. Um, and then Tina, she's been, um, getting after it since nationals. So it's, this is what we need, man. It's, it's just good seeing that contagious, uh, atmosphere. So right. good timing. Say, we got people around you people because you guys have people everywhere in dodgeball. Whereas the rest of the country, not so much, but, um, it's still gonna be, it's gonna be a great time. Like a lot of it's gotta be self-motivation. So I'm looking forward to that part. Um, but yeah, I'm way, I'm ready for 2020. It's going to be a different year. I agree, man. I'm looking forward to it too. Um, yeah, there's a lot. So I guess speaking of, um, of that, like what, uh, I, I guess, what are you looking forward to the most next year? Um, multiple divisions for the world stage. Um, I definitely want to try out for like, uh, definitely the full one. I kind of want to try out. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about trying out for the cloth one, even though I've never played cloth, but I'm like, why not? Depending how they do it, I'm buying for both divisions. If it's the same day, same place, I'm like, why not? I'll try out. Um, but mostly because like we get more rounds for, I don't know if it's just the lead or if it's under US or however that works. We get more rounds for uh, the elite season, so I'm prepared. For, I'm ready for that. It's all the new exciting things that are happening. Dodge, well, I'm just ready for it. Oh wait post dodgeball or the USA for next year uh for next year okay now i read the question wrong you screen, so never mind oh yeah my bad there you go you're good yeah that that's uh when i said we're gonna edit edit it um that was the question that markel stole he just put it in a little more uh elegant way so yeah. i'll have to probably change that but yeah definitely uh just next year and um it's funny because like I, I feel like that was a huge bombshell that was announced, and I don't know if like Worlds just kind of took over the conversation or if there ever was one. But just going back to USA Dodgeball kind of taking over the competitive scene, and then Elite going back to just Elite, like now you have to actually be invited again, and you actually will be considered an Elite team if you make it. 
Like I, I wonder if that's going to be a thread that opens up again because that alone is is worth um, some hype. So, and then yeah, plus I think good. Like I think it'll definitely put us in the right direction. Because um, again, a lot of people are saying elite should be elite, and I also agree with that. Um, so I, I was always I was definitely a fan of the theory of elite turning into an A B division um, type of league or A B tier uh, league, and I'm definitely on all for it. Um, but yeah, but I'm just like excited for whatever happens. Like however it goes down, I'm ready for it. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an awesome year. Just a lot, a lot of good stuff uh, heading our way. Um, kind of talked about what you want to, uh, I guess, leave dodgeball with. But um, is there anything specific that you want to achieve in dodgeball? Like, is it a world championship? Is it an elite title? Is it all the above? Uh, is there one thing that's driving you to get better? Uh, definitely. Like the answer changed. Like the whole Like I used to want to uh, be like the best player there ever was, and like now I think about it, like I w- I just want to be my best player. Like for me personally, and just be like the best I ever can be, regardless of however like what results to be in. Like you could be the best player in the world and still never never have a medal, but know personally that you play the best you can be. Um, I'm kind of thinking more internally that way. I mean, granted, yes. Do I still want medals? Yes. I still want to be a world championship. Yes. Uh, for the most part, like, I just want to get to a point where I want to be able to play the best I can consistently and not have like a spike where, oh, I'd be great this year, terrible the next year. So I want to be consistent for as long as I can be at a high level all the time. Gotcha. So you don't want to plateau pretty much. You just want to continuously be a competitor. Yes. Makes sense. Um, probably go to one more question and that is just, um, from your perspective up in the North and, and what you saw and experienced in the East and just coming into the sport and where we are now, um, what do you think dodgeball, what do you think the dodgeball community can do to keep growing it? Oh man, I'm still kind of like, not, I'm not new to the team, but at the same time, like I'm like 24, so I've been around that long. Um, so this is going to be kind of a tough question for me. Um, can you answer the question or can you repeat the question? Yeah. What, uh, in your opinion, um, from your perspective and yeah, I'm definitely glad that you kind of prefaced it with, uh, you're still relatively new, but what can, uh, what do you feel like the dodgeball community can do to grow the sport? Um, at least for the Northern region, I would say definitely recruit more women. Um, I don't know anything on how, um, cause I've definitely tried cause it's definitely not easy. Um, but I would say for sure, like just leave the Northern vision to have more tournaments that are kind of accessible to other people rather than just a lot of his NCDA tournaments or, um, uh, we lost the Detroit cup from, I think last year, two years ago. So that definitely didn't help us. Um, so I would say just more tournaments in general, uh, more recruiting for women's would definitely help. Um, I would say just more awareness overall, whether it's like playing a part in recruiting a team or you advocating by like growing, I don't know, like marketing or something, like whatever your skill sets are, use that to help the sport grow. Like for me personally, I do it through fitness. I remember the big argument a couple years ago where everyone was saying, hey, 
share this. Do your part to help grow the sport. I remember that was a big thing like two or three years ago. And I took that to heart, man. Hey, what can I do personally to do that? And I did it through fitness. And I think it's doing pretty well considering how many people either ask me questions or how many people join the page. So that's just the way I can do it. Because not everyone can do everything the same. So I would say just whatever your skills are, definitely try to apply that to the sport in any way you can, if that makes sense. It is. And that's a really good way to look at it because everyone has like one or two personal skills that they're just really good at that. Um, yeah, maybe you don't need to necessarily be out there in the streets uh, trying to recruit players, but you could be really phenomenal at social media or you can be really awesome at uh, stats or, or setting up um, these spreadsheets um, that I think like Rolina is doing to help um, help us track like metrics and like how teams are doing. Or you can be an awesome commentator like Bill Fisher. Like there's just so much talent out there and so much offering that uh, you have something that you can contribute to the sport to help it grow. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same old, um, you know, recruit, 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 share, share, share. I'm sure that helps, but um, yeah, that, that's really well put, man. I'm actually kind of kind of grateful for Chris Bell for for making this one of the questions I do want to ask because everyone's got their different uh, input and opinions, and uh, this is definitely not like a hey, how about you complain about dodgeball and, and you you fix it with one you know magic bullet? It's just like, no, from your perspective, what, what do you think uh, will help grow? So that's a solid yeah. answer, man. I like that. Question answer. I'll, I'll give him that. It's probably, probably the hardest question you can answer. Um, but it's a very good question to kind of just get what people's current mindset is and see what you can do with that. Yep, see things from, from their perspective. So, And then the last question um, – are you team taco or team pizza? If you had to choose one pizza every time pizza, awesome. I actually, in fair, I've actually never had a taco, like a real taco before. So I can't really even give an honest opinion about that, oh, but wow. pizza every time. I mean, you're not wrong, but, uh, yeah, you're definitely missing out. Tacos are, are pretty phenomenal. Um, uh, in fair, I'm a picky eater. So like the more you get to know me, the worse your opinion of me will get because <laughs> of that. Um, but yeah, Side from that, pizza all the way. Awesome. Um, I think that's all I got, man. So was there anything that you wanted to uh, air out before we wrap up? Uh, I run, like the whole dodgeball fit the win. If anyone wants to help me out with that, that'd be fantastic. Because, again, I didn't want to make it my page. Um, it's a page for everyone. So if whether you're a fitness enthusiast or you're actually certified or anything, that can anything that can help because – I can only do so much by myself because I suck at social media. So I do what I can. Um, I have a lot of ideas, but I'm not going to apply in them. So help me out if you can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you straight up admitted that earlier. So, um, but yeah, that, that's, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of going back to how we can improve the dodgeball community. The sub community of, of dodgeball fit to win is, is up for grabs. If people have ideas and ways to make it grow and, and help us all just, uh, push us past our current limits and, um, yeah, well said, man. Thank you. Yep. Cool. Well, I think uh, I think we'll call it, man. I think we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All right. So that was uh, an interview with uh, Miles Gardner. Miles, thank you so much, man, again for being willing to uh, take the reschedules uh, for me, and also just being willing to hop on uh, late into this uh, lovely Monday evening. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate what you said about. Um, contributing to the dodgeball community and um, by no means was that question supposed to be like yay how can we criticize dodgeball as it is i think dodgeball is incredible um even with all its current faults um 
the good old folks at USA Dodgeball are making incredible changes, and um, it's just it's getting better every single year. And uh, what I really liked though was just your your angle on how uh, you specifically, with your talents and with your uh, expertise, can actually impact the game. And uh, you're motivating a lot of players to to get better, uh, myself included. So that alone is is massive. And for anyone that's listening, that's thinking about doing a project for dodgeball. Uh, please do it. I mean, it's. I had no idea I'd be doing a podcast. I had no idea that I would be co-founding a dodgeball company to help uh, get players better gear and put more, put some money back into the actual sports. Um, you never know what's going to happen, and you never know what support you're going to get if you don't try. And um, if you are extremely passionate about dodgeball, um, you can also kind of have fun um, exploring your craft uh, th- through it. So that's one of the many things that dodgeball is great, um, awesome about, but, um, I think I'll, uh, stop ranting and, um, yeah, just leave it at that. So if you are still listening, have a great rest of your, uh, evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see if I can get anybody. I'm gonna go to. I'm actually gonna be in Chicago uh, Wednesday through Friday watching the Cowboys. Hopefully, not lose to the Bears.